Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. Welcome to Elder's Targeted Individual Community Call. This Thursday, March 3rd, 2016. So, um, as most of you know, the Congress has been uh, meeting with uh, on the judiciary um, about Apple. Apple has been given or was given a court order to create a software so that they could then break in basically to their own operating systems so that it would make it easier for people like the Federal Bureau of Investigation, who brought on the lawsuit with the help of the Justice Department, uh, Department of Justice, that is, to uh, help facilitate that. Now, Apple does not want to do that because they believe that by creating a backdoor key, you're not just opening the one phone from the San Bernardino assassins, you know, of what they did. You would be opening a backdoor to every iPhone. And if they compel Apple to do that, that means that they would compel companies that like Nokia or Samsung or any of these other cell phone providers or manufacturers to create that same type of master key to get into a phone. Now, I, I believe a Brooklyn judge just denied the order for the Brooklyn law enforcement in New York uh, to be able to access a phone, and uh, Apple won that case. These are the con- the congressional hearings that are going on in reference to it. So the bottom line is you don't want people to be given access to a master key. Apple's saying you should never create it to break in- their encryption. So they want them to create software that breaks into their own encryption and then hand that over. Or in the case of they're saying, well, what if, they- what if Apple keeps it? It doesn't matter. Once it's created, it's out there. People talk. I I claim, and I will continue to claim this, that the best example of abuse of access has been the civilian perpetrator community, this domestic terrorist organization, this state corporate and academia-sponsored, sanctioned, and covered-up domestic terrorist organization with their radicalized extremist civilian cult members. But there were some telling things that came up. One I was really surprised was that um, this uh, Chafty or something, I think he's a Republican from Utah, actually made some salient points. You know, most of this is secret about what they do and what they have the capacity to do, and they won't even tell you when they're using stingrays, et cetera. So he makes a valid point saying, well, if we don't know what your capabilities are, why should we give you more capabilities? What I was really surprised with were a couple Democrats who were more leaning towards uh, compelling Apple to create um, a software or a master key to break into the phones. So that was a little disturbing. But it could be because they don't understand the true ramifications, although some of them did. 
And I believe the NSA and some other, uh, and the military are saying, do not create this master key. Because they already know it's going to get in the hands of these like, radicalized extremists. Look at how many perpetrators constantly do cyber attacks. Backdoor access. Breaking and entering. Removing property. Vandalizing your property. They've been radicalized into extremism. These are civilian recruits in community after community, state after state. Access to United States Department of Defense, military-grade weaponized technologies and weaponized biological, technological weapons of mass destruction. Blasting sound, noise, vibrations into your home. Burning you cooking you like a microwave, like you're inside of a microwave. Radicalized extremism, given access to Department of Defense capabilities to indiscriminately fire at unarmed defenseless human beings. And look at how they abused their access. And you want Apple to create a backdoor master key to get into every phone, which means that if Apple's compelled to do it, every manufacturer, and it won't be just your cell phone, then it'll be your laptops, then it'll be your desktops, then it'll be your iPad and your tablets. Because people like that who seek power, who abuse power, don't ever stop. But I want to explain this hypocrisy coming right out of the director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation's mouth about what he believes is the cornerstone about our home being our sanctuary. And if there's probable cause, yes, you can search a home. And about how they spend most of their time dealing to protect the privacy that they have to do all this cyber. They're spending most of their time on cyber crimes. And I'm going to show you how they haven't done a goddamn thing to help any target who has contacted them about electronic warfare, about electronic harassment, about computer network exploitation, about computer network attacks, about telecommunication attacks, exploitation, not just cyber in terms of your computer and your internet. They have gone all the way into telecommunications and fucked with that shit through the back doors. Now, I'm not going to play the recording, but I did do a recording on September 11, 2013, and I recorded the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Los Angeles offices, the second largest city in the nation, attempting to file a complaint and ask for a criminal investigation into these cyber attacks. They hung up the phone on me three different times. I'll give you a link to um, 
what I videotaped at the headquarters of the Los Angeles Police Department, the second largest city in the nation in law enforcement. New York being number one and Chicago being number three. And I wanted to speak to a detective about cyber and telecommunication, hacking, exploitations. Speak to a detective, and I was turned away. So I videotaped my signing in, saying that I was turned away to speak to a detective. And they told me I had to come back the next day. So I got up early, and I drove my ass back down to the Los Angeles Police Department headquarters, demanding to speak to a detective about the continued cyber attacks and exploitation and manipulation of my cell phone. And I refused to leave until finally a supervisor came down. What was really interesting was that we got into everything. Oh, you know, we we need to do crimes, like real crimes, you know, like dead bodies and, and shootings and things like that. And I go, I understand that you guys need to spend your time doing those type of things. But what you don't understand is one of the most dangerous things that are out there right now are these cyber crimes about identity theft, about hacking, about exploitation, about exfiltration of information, privately held information, whether it's your cell phone or your desktop, stealing intellectual property. (laughs) And I go, just because you can't see the dead body on the ground, doesn't mean that the crimes are not taking place. I told them, you guys just built a state-of-the-art cyber facility where you have license plate recognition, facial recognition. It sits on the campus of California State University, Los Angeles. You have more capabilities than most any other law enforcement in the nation. You guys have been using Stingray since 2006. And you can't find this cult. These organized, community-based harassers, these cult-driven, radicalized extremists, So I have that tape where I walked in there and I signed it. What was really ironic was I went on and on about cyber. So finally they sent down this big, big wig supervisor that works out or that has, you know, he's got these degrees in, in computer science and all this. So he's coming down there talking to me and I'm telling him things that he should know that he didn't even know. Or he acted like he didn't know. So they finally gave me someone called Detective Dallas. Oh, that was a lot of good help. They didn't do shit. But I believe that as a law-abiding citizen, your first point of contact is your local law enforcement. If the local law enforcement is corrupt, then where the fuck do you go? Because they are our first line of defense against all this fucking corruption. And they sold out lock, stock, and smoking barrel. But at least I documented, so there's not going to be a goddamn judge or a motherfucking district attorney who's going to ever tell me that I didn't follow every single procedure that you need to do as a law-abiding American citizen, an unarmed, defenseless human being against this cult of fucking radicalized extremists. And their failure to investigate 
which allowed this cult to become a nationwide network. So the thing that I'm doing is I'm sitting here now, and I'm listening to this, the, some of the questions that were asked uh, of uh, Director Comey about the, the need to break in or to compel Apple to create a capability, a backdoor master key. And he starts talking about things, and I'm saying, you motherfucking hypocrite. You have the unmitigated goal to sit there and talk to Congress about how you respect somebody's home. The cornerstone of the founding fathers about the privacy of your living space, your home, your sanctuary. And they have done most of the targeting in the houses where people reside who are targeted victims who have all come forward to all proper authorities at the local, state, and federal level, non-government organizations, lawyer after fucking lawyer, and law firm after fucking law firm. Denied any means of protection. So I'm going to play Comey. I'm going to play a couple segments of, uh, of Director Comey. And this first one was right after one of the breaks, about two hours into it, two hours and nine minutes into it. And they talk about um, uh, Ch- Chastity, I believe. And this is what's really scary, is that someone like him understands this concept of why should we give you more powers when you don't even tell us your capa- the capabilities that you have. And if it weren't for the Snowden leaks, none of us would have known the capabilities that they actually have. The problem with this one was Apple never denied them access. They gave them everything they could. The problem was the Federal Bureau of Investigation fucked up when they reset the password, which then caused the whole capability to get to the cloud to become non-existent. And Apple doesn't even have the master key to get through that phone to the cloud. This is what they're asking for, that they want to be able to do that. They want to be able to have them, because you know a lot of times when you log into a website, if you have three tries or whatever, it will lock you out. So they're saying that they want unlimited access to be able to keep trying multiple passwords. So they want them to, to stop that. Well, if, if that is the case, then anybody could use those type of, you know, those capabilities and keep running until the password comes up. Now they're saying, oh, well, well, if the judge rules, then Apple could just do it over at Apple because they're so hermetically sealed that no one will know. But once you create it, everybody tends to know. And then when you pass it on to the private sector or the civilian population, like this goddamn fucking cult, this nationwide network of fucking terrorists, these civilian radicalized extremists, well, look at how they abuse everything. We have dead targets to prove how they've abused the tactics, techniques, and weaponized technologies that were handed to them by these irresponsible shitholes in the Department of Defense and their corporate counterparts. 
So here you go with Comey. At first, Chaffee, and there's another one. But what he has to say about the home really goes, really, because every one of us targets said that we have been dealing with violations within the privacy of our living space, our home, our sanctuary. And I put, I put the link in there already to my call on September, 13, 2000, uh, September 11, 2013, to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and how they hung up the phone on me and I wanted to talk about cyber crimes. Again, I'm not an expert, but that's my understanding. 
question. And do you believe that geolocation, if you're tracking somebody's actual where they are, is that content or is that metadata? My understanding is it depends upon whether you're talking historical or real time uh, when it comes to geolocation data, but it can very much implicate the warrant requirements and does in the FBI's work a lot. So that's what we're trying to, what I, what, what's frustrating to me, being on judiciary, being the chairman of the oversight committee, there is nobody on this panel as in a republic, a representative of the people that have been able to see what the guidance is post-Jones in understanding how you interpret and what you're actually doing or not doing with somebody's geolocation. You've asked that of the FBI and not been able to get it? The Department of Justice today have been asking for this for years. What's frustrating is the Department of Justice is asking for more tools, more compulsion, and we can't even see what you're already doing. We can't even see to the degree you're using stingrays and how they work. I mean, I think I understand how they work, but what sort of require, requirements are there? Is it articulable suspicion? Is, it, is, there a, is there a probable cause warrant that's being used or needed? And it's not just the FBI. I mean, you, you've got the IRS and Social Security and others using stingrays. Again, other tools that I would argue are actually content into the, to somebody's life and not just the metadata that you are able to see. So how do we get exposure? How do we, how do we help you if we can't, if you routinely refuse, and I say you, meaning the Department of Justice, access in explaining to us what tools you already do have and what you can access? How, we, how do we solve that? Yeah, I, don't, I don't have a great answer sitting here. I'll go find out what's been asked for and what's been given. I like the idea of giving as much transparency as possible. I think people find it reassuring, at least with respect to the FBI, to take uh, cell, phone sim cell phone tower simulators. We always use search warrants. And so that, sh that shouldn't be that hard to get you that information. What I worry about, you may be responsible, and I don't know what the IRS is doing with them. I have a hard time figuring out when that, when that is responsible. Last comment, Mr. Chairman. Uh, to what degree are you able to access and get into, either in this case or broadly, are you able to search social media in general? And are you using that as an effective tool to, to combat what you need to do? The gentleman has expired. The witness can answer the question. Social media is a feature of all of our lives, and so it's a feature of a lot of our investigations. Sometimes it gives us useful information. Sometimes not. It's hard to answer in the abstract, but it's a big part of our work. Chair, thanks, gentlemen, and recognize the gentleman from Georgia, Mr. Johnson, for five minutes. Thank you, uh, Director Comey. The framers of our Constitution recognized a right to privacy uh, that Americans would enjoy. Um, Fourth Amendment pretty much uh, implies that right to privacy, does it not? I'm not a constitutional scholar. I think a scholar, if he were sitting here, might say it's not the Fourth Amendment that's the source of the right to privacy. It's other amendments of the Constitution. But that's a technical answer. The Fourth Amendment is critically important because it's a restriction on government power. You may not look at the people's stuff, their houses, their effects, without a warrant and without the independent judiciary. But it also grants, impliedly, to the government, the Fourth Amendment, uh, the authority to search and seize when the, when, when the search or seizure is reasonable. Is that correct? Again, to be technical, I think the answer is Congress has given the government that authority through statute. 
the Fourth Amendment I mean, the restriction on that authority. The Fourth Amendment says that the right of the people to be secure in their place, in their persons, housings, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue not put upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation. And what I'm reading into the Fourth Amendment is that the people do have a right to privacy, a right to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects, but I'm also reading into it an implied responsibility of the government uh, to, on occasion, search and seize. Uh, is, would that be your reading of it also? Yes. And, uh, of course, upon probable cause, uh, but there are some circumstances where in a hot pursuit or at the time of an arrest, there are some uh, exceptions that have been carved out to where a warrant is not always required to search and seize. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, you mentioned one, the so-called exigent circumstances doctrine, where if you're in the middle of an emergency and you're looking for a gun that a bad guy might have hit, you know, in a car or something, you don't necessarily have to go get the warrant. If you have factual basis, you can do the search and then have the judge look at it and validate it. Now, even uh, in a situation where exigent circumstances exist, technology has now brought us to the point where law enforcement or government is uh, preempted from being able to search and see. Is that correct? Technology has produced this result. Yeah, I think technology has allowed us to create zones of complete privacy, which sounds like an awesome thing until you really think about it, uh, but those zones prohibit any government action uh, under the Fourth Amendment or under our search authority. Well, it's actually a zone of impunity, would it not be? A zone where bad things can happen and the security of Americans can be placed at risk. Potentially, yes, sir. And that is the uh, situation that we have with end-to-end -end encryption. Is that not correct? I think that's a fair description, where we have communications where even with a judge's order can't be intercepted. And you said that you were not a constitutional scholar, and neither am I, uh, but does it seem reasonable that, our, that the framers of the Constitution meant to accept any domain from its authority to be able to search and seize if it's based on probable cause or some exigent circumstance allows for uh, a search and seizure with less than a warrant uh, and a showing of probable cause. I doubt that they, obviously I doubt that they imagined the devices we have today and the ways of communicating, but I also doubt that they imagined there would be any place in American life where law enforcement with lawful authority could not go. And the reason I say this is the First Amendment talks about the people's homes. Is there a more important place to any of us than our homes communicating? But I also doubt that they imagine there would be any place in American life where law enforcement with lawful authority could not go. And the reason I say that is the First Amendment talks about the people's homes. Is there a more important place to any of us than our homes communicating? But I also doubt that they imagine there would be any place in American life where law enforcement with lawful authority could not go. And the reason I say that is the First Amendment talks about the people's homes. Is there a more important place to any of us than our homes? So from the founding of this country, it was contemplated that law enforcement could go into your house 
with appropriate predication and oversight. So to me, the logic of that tells me they wouldn't have imagined any box or storage area or device that could never be entered. So for
somehow my phone was disconnected. So somehow my phone was disconnected. Sorry about that. This is me calling the the Federal Bureau of Investigation in Los Angeles, second largest city in the nation, and uh, attempting to get them to open up an investigation on the cyber attacks, the telecommunication attacks. The, uh, it's basically electronic warfare. We call it electron. Targets have called it electronic harassment till the Snowden or until I figured out that this was all military. And it had to do with electronic warfare, cyber warfare, computer network exploitation, cyber telecommunication exploitation and attacks. So I don't know why they hung up the phone, but it could be that frequency that was playing might have uh, disconnected my phone. I have a question for you. What are you going to do if there's uh, a cyber uh, attack that happened or they can actually go find specific? reason 
the capacity to do that. I want to know who do I talk to to conduct a criminal cyber-terrorist investigation. I've documented it at uh, several different locations. It's the same type of capability. That means that it has to be some type of military-grade capability. Okay, so what do you guys do if you don't do it? So that bitch hung up on me. I was very specific, okay? You're jamming, they're jamming signals. They're going into the back doors. They're hacking, basically. I'll go to IC3. Yeah, I know about IC3. I've got about five different times over the last, since uh, targeting started, basically, or since IC3 became an entity that a target or person could use. And they haven't done shit. So, number two, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. What did the Director Comey say? We spend most of our time protecting the, trying to protect the privacy from cyber criminals. Really? Because I called your fucking office twice. I went on the, uh, September 11th, and your motherfuckers hung up the phone on me. So how are you spending most of your time doing investigations if you won't even let the victim speak? The So anyway, um, that person does the information, tells me to go to IC3. You know, here's the problem, okay? If you're, if you're the victim of identity theft and cyber crimes, why would, you go on, how, why would you go online to fill out a complaint form to the Federal Bureau of Investigation if you are already compromised? That means that the people who are in the back door are simply going to take those complaints and destroy them. Maybe that's the reason why you can only go online. So think about that one. How smart is that if people are complaining about identity theft, cyber hacking, electronic warfare, computer network exploitation, and computer network attacks? 
and they want you to go online and file a fucking uh, report for an investigation. When they know that they have man, that the NSA has man in the middle capabilities that can easily pull that information before it even gets to the, 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 the end point and destroy it. How many cases are buried in the man in the middle capability? How many victims? But remember, Comey said, and I'm taking his own goddamn quote to Congress, we spend most of our time protecting the privacy from these cyber criminals, basically cyber criminals. Yeah, I know all about it. Now let me play you October 30th, 2014, when I said I've had enough of these types of exploitations. I'm going to drive my ass down to the headquarters of the LAPD and demand to speak to an, a detective. Of course, they didn't have any detectives on duty. And they told me to come back the next day. So on October 31st, I got back in my car and drove back down to downtown L.A. trying to find a parking space. And then I went there and I waited. But this one was to show that I documented that I went down there. And you'll see on my YouTube channel this one where it has the internal affairs telephone number that shows that it wasn't working. I had the two, those guys that, were, that you see at the very end of the, the clip. I'll put the link in there. And at the very end of that clip, they dialed that number, and they got the same thing I got. And they couldn't understand how internal affairs for LAPD on their own network was coming up. The, the number is no longer uh, um, available. But right after that, I called back that number, and the number was working. Because even those guys at the desk couldn't figure out how a direct number on the business card of a law enforcement officer was not in service. And that was internal affairs. So this was October 30th, 2014. So you have to understand that I do my due diligence. There's not going to be a judge or a district attorney or any lawyer out there who's going to tell me that I did not follow all that you should do as a law-abiding citizen in order to get them to conduct a criminal investigation into this domestic terrorist, this cyber terrorist, and this biological technological terrorist organization. So I have the, um, the October 30th, 2014, approximately 17 trying to speak with a detective in reference to cyber crimes. I've been here for about 15 minutes. I signed in, but there's no detective available. So I wrote that on sign-in to make sure that it's documented. And on October 30th, I did show up asking for help from the LAPD. They're all off. All the detectives are apparently gone. and I have to come back here tomorrow to speak with the detective. Smile here behind the camera. <laughs> so I filmed that portion of it. And um, and I did go back the next day, and I was talking to them, and then they finally brought out uh, some I don't know what he was, he was a sergeant, he was a sergeant or something, 
in any way he, he knew about cyber. And he was trying to get me to fill, fill out online the IC3. That's a crock of shit. If you are compromised online, the last thing you can do is file a complaint online and wonder if it's even going to get to its destination. <clears throat> okay. So that has to do with me complaining about cyber crimes and seeing local law enforcement, in that case LAPD, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation for Los Angeles, and you're trying to tell them about cyber crimes in the year 2013, the year 2014. Every fucking year, I file a report or a complaint. And every fucking year, they don't do jack fucking shit. Yet they can speak in front of Congress and talk about how concerned they are about all of this. And like I said, LAPD had access to the Stingray back in 2006. They opened up a state-of-the-frickin'-art cyber facility on the campus of California State University, Los Angeles. I mean, we're talking state-of-the-art, facial recognition, license plate recognition, you name it, they got it. Don't tell me that when you have a community-based network that's communicating amongst each other and targeting citizens that they don't have the capacity to isolate this network and neutralize them. So, that's on that side about cyber, about our own Federal Bureau of Investigation talking about how concerned they are about the privacy of your home, feeling safe and secure in your home and not being targeted. Like there's one target who they're constantly blasting, the V2K, the voice to skull, in his home. How can the sanctuary that they talk about, the, the fathers that framed our Constitution, about your home, I sit here every night lately, and when I come home, they got these fucking acoustic weapons blasting. Blasting vibrations into my home. Do they give a shit? No. But I'm going to show you how what goes around turns around. Because karma's a bitch. Actually, while I was coming home today, I was on the phone with another target, and I'm pulling into my, the, the sidewalk in front of my house. And this, this uh, female, this Caucasian female, she decides that, and number one, she's a perp, as if I didn't know she was a perp because she was trying to tail my ass coming up this hill. My car doesn't go that fast up this hill because it's old. So I'm smoking. She pulls up next to my car in front of my house is idling the engine of her vehicle and she calls she's telling me how I'm polluting because my ashes from my cigarette are flying out the window. Okay, this dumbass, ignorant Caucasian bitch is in a big SUV or truck idling her vehicle doing all kinds of CO2 emissions all over the place. And she's worried about the ash coming out 
of my cigarette. Now, she represents a mentality of the perpetrator community in an absolute nutshell. They're trying to provoke you. They're saying that you're polluting because the ash of your cigarettes is flying out the window, and that fucking bitch is in an SUV idling her vehicle with all her exhaust fumes coming out of that big-ass fucking truck. But does she see that part of it? Of course not, because perpetrators only have the capacity to think of what's right in front of them, what their handlers tell them. They have no capacity for critical thinking. Zero. Zitch. Zilch. Not a fucking ability of critical thinking skills. So you're going to come up here, and then she called me a fucking bitch, and then she wanted to get into a fight with me. So she's in a truck, blasting her muffler in an older truck, big truck, or SUV, telling me about the ashes coming out of my cigarette from the window, and she can't even see that her fucking vehicle is creating more fucking pollution than the ash from my cigarette. That's how ignorant that woman was. And that she wants to start a fight with me. And I'm on the phone with another target on speakerphone, and that person's listening to this woman curse me out. And I'm parked in front of my fucking house. But she is a perfect representative of the perpetrator, civilian perpetrator network across this nation who are targeting individuals. She's a perfect representation in a fucking nutshell. You want to provoke a target about the ash that's coming out of her cigarette and your fucking car is polluting the air like no tomorrow because you're in a big old ass fucking truck. Now, how smart is that? Well, it's not. That's the point. But they sure think they're pretty smart, don't they? And the one thing I know, and every target should understand, you got to let them come at you physically first, and then you can cut loose on them because then it's self-defense. Don't let them provoke you into striking first because eventually they don't know how to handle it, and they'll come up at you, and they will touch you. And when they touch you, all bets are off. You could do whatever you need to to protect yourself. So can you imagine that? Someone who thinks she's all that in her truck, tailing my ass, so I can, I, so I, and I pull into the, the sidewalk in front of my house. She pulls her car up there, opens her window, and starts cursing at me about the ash from my cigarette. And that fucking bitch is so ignorant, she doesn't even realize her fucking big-ass truck is emitting more fucking pollution than some ash from my cigarette. That's how ignorant the perpetrator community is. Pure and concentrated ignorance. But like I said, what goes around comes around because I found something today. I'm going to read you the article from Alternet. But what they did was the Federal Bureau of Investigation now published a brochure. It's not really a brochure. It's actually like a, it's a report. And what it is is it's a template about preventing violent extremism in schools. 
And this has to do with people who are being radicalized into committing indiscriminate acts of violence, which ultimately is a form of terrorism. It is terrorism. So as smart as the perps think they are, pretty much this document shows them the entire perpetrator community that the, 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 the joke is really, they were the butt of the joke. Because everything they're doing is basically being described in this preventing violent extremism in school is describing them as being the violent extremists. Not the target, but the community members. And now they want to go to the community to say, you need to look for these things. So first they radicalize these ignoramites. Into be, they radicalize them into extremism, and then they turn around and write this preventing violent extremism in school and basically outs them as being the extremists. Karma's a motherfucker. <laughs> so this is from alternate.org. It says, the F- so it says, it's from Gray Zone Project. The FBI has a new plan to spy on high school students across the country. Under new guidelines, Muslim students will be disproportionately targeted, but all young people will be suspect. By Sarah Lazare, alternate.org, March 2, 2016. Under new guidelines, the FBI is instructing high schools across the country to report students who criticize government policies and Western corruption as potential future terrorists, warning that anarchist extremists, quote-unquote, are in the same category as ISIS, and young people who are poor immigrants or travel to suspicious countries are more likely to commit horrific violence. Based on the widely unpopular British anti-terror mass surveillance program, the FBI's Preventing Violent Extremism in Schools guidelines released in January are almost certainly designed to single out and target Muslim American communities. However, in its caution to avoid the appearance of discrimination, The agency identifies risk factors that are so broad and vague that virtually any young person could be deemed dangerous and worthy of surveillance, especially if she is socioeconomically marginalized or politically outspoken. This overwhelming threat is then used to justify a massive surveillance apparatus wherein educators and pupils function as extensions of the FBI by watching and informing on each other. So... This is no no different than like Stasi East Germany, okay? When East Germany fell, one in six people were snitches for the government. One in six. So the guy who rented me the place in Koreatown in Los Angeles when I was living down there, he came from North Korea, and he says it's like one in three. And that's what they're building here is that snitch community. The snitches who become the bitches for the state. <clears throat> so it says uh, the overwhelming threat is then used to justify a massive surveillance apparatus where an educators and pupils function as extensions of the FBI by watching and informing on each other. The FBI's justification for such surveillance is based on McCarthy-era theories of radicalization in which authorities monitor thoughts and behaviors that they claim to lead to acts of violent subversion, even if those people being watched have not committed any wrongdoing. This model has been widely discredited as a violence prevention method included, including by the United States government, 
but it is now being imported to schools nationwide as official federal policy. Schools as hotbeds of extremism. The new guidelines depict high schools as hotbeds of extremism where danger lurks in every corner. High school students are ideal targets for recruitment by violent extremists seeking support for their radical ideologies, foreign fighters, network, or conducting acts of violence within our borders. The document warns claiming that youth possess inherent risk factors in light of the, this alleged threat. The FBI instructs teachers to incorporate a two-hour block of violent extremism awareness training into the core curriculum for all youth in grades 9 through 12. According to the FBI's educational material for teenagers circulated as a visual aid to their new guidelines, the following offenses constitute signs that could mean that someone plans to commit violence and therefore should be reported. Talking about traveling to places that sound suspicious, using code words or unusual language, using several different cell phones and private messaging apps, studying or taking pictures of potential targets like a government building. Under the category of domestic terrorists, the educational materials warn of the threat posed by anarchist extremists. The FBI states anarchist extremists believe that society should have no government, laws, or police, and they are loosely organized with no central leadership. Violent anarchist extremists usually target symbols of capitalism they believe to be the cause of all problems in society, such as large corporations, government organizations, and police agencies. Similar, animal rights extremists and environmental extremists are placed in on their animal rights, and, and they're really not that, ex they're not extremists like this fucking perpetrator community. They're fucking, you know. Uh, the materials also instruct students to watch out for extremist propaganda messages that communicate criticism, corrupt Western nations, and express government mistrust. If you see suspicious behavior that might lead to violent extremism, their resources state, consider reporting it to someone you trust, including local law enforcement officials like police officers and FBI agents. The terrorist threat does not stay within the geographic bound bounds of high school, but extends to the Internet, which the FBI guidelines describe as a playground for extremism. The agency warns that online gaming is something used to communicate, train, or plan terrorist activities. Encryption, ominously referred to as going dark, is often used to facilitate extremism discussions. The agency states, in reality, encryption is commonly used form of protection against government spying and identity theft and is often employed to safeguard financial transactions. So it does focus more on Muslims. Uh, young Muslims are the real target. So they think it is, but they're not realizing that we have a whole coalition, a nationwide network of snitches that are now out of control. These are the ones that they so-called, quote-unquote, recruited, and these guys are out of fucking control, and they know they have to neutralize them now. They're blasting weapons. They're, they're vandalizing. They can't keep covering up for them because we got too many dead targets. They murdered these people. So anyway, it goes on. So I'm going to give you some excerpts from this. Um, let me see, where is it? So here's some guidelines. So it's called preventing countering extremism, okay? Preventing violent extremism in schools. 
High school students high school students are ideal targets for recruitment by violent extremists seeking support for the radical ideologies, foreign fighters networks, or conducting conducting acts of targeted violence within our borders. High schools must remain vigilant in educating their students about catalysts that drive violent extremism and the potential consequences of embracing extremist beliefs. So your perpetrators, most of them are young. They're all they've already been radicalized into extremism. They're committing uh, um, um, indiscriminate acts of violence, blasting an acoustic weapon in my house every fucking night. That's an act of extremism. They're using a weapon to harass me. <clears throat> so the issues are solutions and forms. So then it says the issues, uh, framing the threat. Despite efforts to counter violent extremism, the threat continues to evolve within our borders. Extremism and acts of targeted violence continue to impact our local communities, and online violent propaganda has permeated social media. Countering these prevailing dynamics requires a fresh approach that focuses on education and enhancing public safety, protecting our citizens from becoming radicalized by identifying the catalyst driving extremism. Emerging trends. Youths youth are embracing many forms of violent extremism. Those perpetrated by terrorist organizations and other domestic violent extremist movements to those ma- those maintaining biases towards others due to their race, religion, sexual orientation, uh, or, or sexual orientation. Youth age 13 to 18 are actively engaged in extremist activities, including online communications with known extremists, traveling to conflict zones, conducting recruitment activities, or supporting plotting against United States targets. These factors signify the potential for increased risk within our schools and local communities. Although violent extremists are predominantly male, there are noted increases in the number of females embracing violent radical ideologies due in part to their roles becoming more defined. Extremist organizations actively seek females to fill operational roles, including carrying out attacks in the homeland or traveling to fight, in addition to historic supportive activities such as fundraising or traveling or marrying foreign fighters. So I'm going to go to my web my webpage. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about my theory on organized stalking because right off the top I say youth and women. So select target audience via psychological operation team or teams upon and against the citizens of that denied access location, a vast landscape of diversity, social economics, political, religious, ethnically diverse to homogenous cities, rural towns, big and small. Seek out religious, political, community leaders and those individuals who can influence their member base. In addition to seeking all weaknesses, intolerances, and fears of these people, in particular, youth and women. Okay, so number one, I should sue the Federal Bureau of Investigation for plagiarism because as a victim, this is what I assess about how they were recruiting and radicalizing. What did the FBI just say? The, the biggest growth is in females. What is the other group? That's right, young people. Who documented it? I did. <laughs> so... Go live. So first it is, actually, it's choose. Okay, this is how it works. This is how they did it. This is how they radicalized these fucking civilians. And now they're writing these things, calling them extremists. 
and they don't even realize it. That's how fucking stupid they are. Like that dumbass bitch who's telling me the ashes from my cigarette is polluting the fucking uh, the earth, and she's in a big old fucking SUV with her car idling all those emissions from her fucking vehicle. That's how they're. That's how ignorant the people are in the perpetrator community. Choose a solo human target, a scapegoat, someone who is expendable, located in a strategically selected communities, town, cities scattered throughout the United States, covertly profile, profile, that came out in the Snowden leaks, every aspect of the target's personal, professional life, use human intelligence to follow and stalk target to places they frequent, where they go, what they purchase, often they purchase a particular item, brand, calculate their use, etc., Basically, extensively and illegally profile the targeted individual. Study likes and dislikes, political, religious, and other affiliations. Within privacy of home, without warrant, use cyber and telecommunications capabilities to hack into or listen to private conversations, read emails, websites, frequented, online purchases, or online finances. Okay? Seek out any and all weaknesses or negative aspects of the target so they can be exploited, expounded upon, and exaggerated in the most negative false light for future psychological operations. Covertly interview those close to the target. So this is what they do to the target. They build a profile, and then they, they, they build an operation in order to strike out against that target so that they could destabilize that person. To disrupt, deny, and degrade. You know, same as they do with cyber capabilities. But the one is select your target audience. That's the recruits. So again, select the target audience, right? Via psychological operation team or teams upon and against the citizens of that denied access location, area or location, a vast landscape of diversity, social, economics, political, religious, ethnically diverse to homogenous cities, rural towns, big and small. Seek out religious, political, community leaders and those individuals who can influence their member base. In addition to seeking all weaknesses, intolerances, and fears of these people, in particular, youth and women. Once the target audiences have been profiled and analysis have been completed, go live by shaping the narrative to their advantage via targeted individual and target audiences profile. Audiences profile. Tar- a target audience is the general population. So if you're a religious group, you become the target audience to them. If you're you know, a social group, a political group, you become the target audience to what they know they need to do in order to manipulate you to believe what they want you to believe so you'll strike out at that target. That's when you become radicalized into extremism. <clears throat> um, go live by shaping the narrative to their advantage, be a targeted individual and target audiences profiles using false flag operations, covert operations which are designed to deceive the public in such a way that the operations appear as though they are being carried out by other entities and against the solo human target with an aggressive smear, fear, hate, retaliation, and revenge campaign via character and credibility assassination of the target using propaganda, negative false light, whatever it takes to prey upon the citizens to turn them against the solo human target becomes another goal. In addition to having sufficiently manipulated the public so that they will act upon and against the target via community-based harassment and bullying without question, without reservation, without remorse, and most of all, without regard to the target's humanity and or human life. One-stop shop places every aspect of the targeted individual's human life 
to include living situation into a laboratory and breeding ground setting for recruitment, training, and deployment of operations to include inviting experts from science, technology, academia, corporate, and medical to see how their real-time human guinea pig is doing, then do an analysis in order to advance their experimental agendas. So these are state, this is state and corporate and academia sponsored. So now the FBI comes out with a manual in 2016 based upon what they did, which was radicalize, recruit people, see if you can radicalize them. And then now you turn around and you put out a brochure or a guidebook on what you have to look for because they saw that their own people that they radicalized are now out of fucking control. This includes extensive training in military and other agencies' expertise in the field of information operations roadmap and their five core capabilities in concert with specified supporting and related capabilities. Psychological operations, which is now called um, MISO, M-I-S-O, Military Information Specialist Operations. So they changed the name PSYOPs to MISO. Um, military deception, operations, security, computer network operations, and electronic warfare all in strategic locations spread throughout the United States for real-time, real-world application, from setting up biometric surveillance to psychological operations via shaping a negative narrative and false flag in order to win over the hearts, minds, and emotions of the general public to their side and against their set-up solo target, to using these civilian recruits under fraudulent pretenses for community policing and bullying, to testing out and illegally experimenting with cutting-edge military-grade biological technological weapons and technologies and having one-stop location where they can invite developers of new cutting-edge surveillance, cyber, and telecommunication capabilities for electronic warfare, from electronic warfare to biometrics, spatial, emotion, optical recognition, neurotechnologies, biometric surveillance devices, directed energy, non-lethal weapons, and Weaponized, other weaponized technologies in order to experiment with, to calibrate power, to programming software, and to be able to visualize in real-world, real-time, the biological, neurological, and psychological effects and effects the solo human target is having. Not to mention, monitor the speed with which these assassins can deploy and execute the operations, how fast they can manipulate the public, and how quickly they can ultimately drive the perceived target slash adversary of their hate out of these communities, thus allowing them to follow the target and set up shop in yet another denied access location. So let's go back to the guidebook, because that's really important. This is the Federal Bureau of Investigation now putting out a guidebook about radical extremism, and it's basically, in a nutshell, telling all these fucking perpetrators that they're radical extremists. So, again, although violent extremists are predominantly male, there are noted increases in the number of females embracing violent radical ideologies due in part to their roles becoming more defined. Extremist organizations actively seek females to fill operational roles, including carrying out attacks in the homeland or traveling to fight, in addition to historic supportive activities such as fundraising or traveling to marry foreign fighters. Impact on schools. Excuse me, on schools. As this threat evolves and more youth 
embrace extremist ideologies, it places a growing burden on our educational system to provide appropriate services to students who view hatred or targeted violence as accepted outlets for their grievances. To complicate matters, youth possesses inherent risk factors making them susceptible to violent extremist ideologies or possible recruitment. A current body of research on developmental behavior, which is discussed later in this guide, suggests that youth risk factors and stressors, if not properly addressed through personal actions or third-party interventions, can lead to negative outcomes in forms of suicide or violence against others. Our educators are in a unique position to affect change, impart affirmative messaging, or facilitate intervention activities due to their daily interactions with students. So then it goes on, right? Their solution. So building resilient schools, increasing awareness, enhancing information sharing, facilitating disengagement programs to turn risk at-risk youth away from violent trajectories, leveraging school programs to deter youth from embracing extremist ideologies. And you have to understand that I've said it before, and I even have it on my website about uh, these guys recruiting kids because they're more susceptible, okay? And that I consider it a war crime because if they're claiming that they're doing all of this surveillance and everything on the war on terror, then they've committed a war crime because it is illegal under the, the laws of war to recruit what's called child soldiers, which means any youth under the age of 15 that is being recruited into this violent extremism just committed a crime. And if these are military-grade weapons and the Federal Bureau of Investigation and all these other cohorts are recruiting kids to help them facilitate the targeting of law-abiding, unarmed, defenseless citizens within the privacy of their home, then they've just committed a war crime. You have to understand that my bottom line is to go all the way up to the architectural structure and see these motherfuckers sitting on death fucking row in a federal penitentiary. So if you go to my website, it talks about it. How do I know? Because I'm a victim of the crimes. I do an analysis on what they do, and then I expose the secrets of what they've done. And now they've got a guidebook on preventing radical extremism, and it's basically, it's like plagiarism. They didn't have to do the research. They used targets to figure out what the fuck was going on and then do their own analysis. And then they just take their research and then go and write their book saying, okay, this is radical extremism. You can go to my website because I have another, another section in my website on radical extremism, including my definition that I found at the time. Now the FBI's added something to go above and beyond what they consider radical extremism. So it says law enforcement cannot arrest its way out of violent extremism. Countering violent extremism is a sharing, shared responsibility between law enforcement civic leaders and their communities. Well, ain't that about a bitch? Listen to that. Law enforcement cannot arrest its way out of violent extremism. Countering violent extremism is a shared responsibility between law enforcement civic leaders and their communities. Yet, here we go. Every single one of them are actively participating in fucking targeting. So who's, who, who's really the dumbass motherfucker? Everyone thinks the targets don't know jack fucking shit. 
Don't you guys feel real fucking stupid right now? That you allowed yourself to be manipulated by narrative network teams. You can look that one up because the Department of the Defense Advanced Research Project Agency was recruiting and facilitating money to people that could create stories that could radicalize people into extremism and study the neural and the neural biological and the neural psychological effects of a story that's told to them, aka propaganda and watch that average person radicalized into extremism where they're committing indiscriminate acts of violence. And then building the next, next generation biometric sensor systems so that they can follow the neurological pathways of people who've been radicalized into extremism, who've crossed the line into committing indiscriminate acts of violence. This is all source material. I don't talk through alien fucking bullshit. These are government documents for funding of people who will manipulate societies to do their experiments. So then it says, um, schools share in this responsibility with their local communities, which build resiliency against the catalyst during violent extremist activities. Schools should remain a healthy environment for learning personal growth, physical, and cognitive development, and not be infused with extremist or hateful rhetoric. Communities can grow stronger against outside influence targeted, targeting our youth by informing about the perils of violent extremism. Well, here I am. I'm a lone voice in the fucking wilderness. Don't do it. Do you understand you're being manipulated? You are not above the law. You're committing acts of indiscriminate violence. You are using military-grade weapons on an unarmed, defenseless human being. But see, when you're radicalized into extremism, you can't hear that. Like the woman who drove up to my car with her big old SUV telling me about pollution because the ass was flying out of my car, trying to get into a fight with me in front of my fucking house, and she's telling me about pollution. It doesn't register in the brain once you've been radicalized through propaganda. Communities can go stronger against outside influences targeting youth. Now, who's targeting them? I'm not targeting them for recruitment. Why don't those kids ask themselves, who was recruiting you and who radicalized you? Don't blame the target. We've been trying to warn you guys to stay the fuck away from them. Forms of violent extremism. The FBI is a leader in preventing homeland attacks and educating local communities and families about the impact of violent extremism. In recent years, local communities were targeted by myriad types of violent offenders, including active shooters, terrorists, gangs, criminal enterprises, human traffickers, and online predators. The motivations behind these acts suggest financial gain, a personal or ideological grievance, or feeding on vulnerable youth. As these threats evolve within our communities, a corresponding impact within our schools also evolves. FBI's Countering Violent Extremism, or CBE, program addresses these emerging issues. The CBE mission identifies the catalysts and grievances motivating individuals to advocate violence as a solution 
to a perceived grievance and facilitate alternative behaviors to guide individuals down a less destructive path. Okay? So what does that mean? So these kids think, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to torture her ass. I'm going to blast that person. That's, an, that's a violent act. Why? Because someone told you something because you didn't like what I said? I'm not affecting your life. I'm not stopping you from living. Neither is any other target out there. We haven't destroyed your careers, your advancement in life. None of those things. Not a single target can be blamed for that. It's what's in your mind of the perpetrators because they've been brainwashed and radicalized by an external third party that says it's okay to do this because that target is X, Y, and Z. So you can't blame the target. You have to blame the people who are saying it's okay to use that directed energy weapon to target that unarmed, defensive human being because they radicalize the perpetrator community. You've heard me. You heard the recordings down at the police station calling the FBI because that's what you do when you have a grievance against a community that is fucking targeting you because an external source radicalized them. But perpetrators don't have anyone to blame but themselves because they have the capability to make a decision. Are you going to be a part of it or not? And when you decide to be a part of it, even if you've been radicalized, at the end of the day, you only have yourself to blame. It's like the, for you fucking Christians out there, it's like the snake of temptation. You can't blame the snake. They just gave you the temptation. You have to choose to do it. The blame is not out there with all these psi operators that are doing their experiments so they can write these type of manuals and study the psycho, uh, psychology, <coughs> the psychology, the psychopathology, the social. They, what I'm saying is that they've crossed all boundaries from the wealthiest to the poor, from homogenous towns to multicultural. Targets have been everywhere. And they infiltrated every segment of society. And they know how to radicalize every single thing, whether you're a bleeding heart liberal to an out-and-out conservative. They know how to drop ship anywhere and manipulate any organizational group. So don't blame a target. Because you fired the weapon, blame yourself for being duped by psychological operations, military deception, and narrative network teams that are using you guys as guinea pigs more than they're using targets. So the, the program focuses on one aspect of violent prevention that which is advocated for or perpetrated to address ideological motivated grievances. This guide discusses three main categories of ideologically motivated violence, 
international terrorism, domestic violent extremism movements, and hate crimes. So then it goes on to talk about, you know, hate crimes, behaviors, you know, pyramid models. Numerous behavioral models outline the dynamics and factors leading to violent extremism. Most notably, violent extremism is not a linear progression, but an evolving dynamic situation involving numerous factors, catalyst inhibitors, and mobilization variable. Behavioral experts hypothesize that these, the efforts of those seeking to combat radicalization can be informed by consideration or of other models of social behavior and development, including pyramid models, promoting a child's social development through early intervention and the prevention of social emotional delays or the occurrence of challenging behavior. Social identity theory uh, and individual self-image and status is directly connected to the group to which they belong, resulting in social categorization. A sense of belonging becomes an important factor in pride and self-esteem. The central theme is that group members seek to find negative aspects among other groups, which enhances their self-image, but also might result in prejudice, hatred, and violence towards the other group. So targeted individuals, we are a group. And then the nationwide network, which outdoes us, you know, probably people like me, one, you know, a thousand to one. If that, I'm sure that there's more because I've moved around to so many places. I'm sure that number is more than a thousand to one. And they've all been radicalized. And no matter what I say or what I do, they've been so brainwashed that I could t- I tell them the truth all the time. And it doesn't register in their brain. Like the woman, I'm going to keep on talking about that bitch who sat there and tried to get into a fight with me as she stalked my car up to my, um, outside of my house. She's telling me about polluting because the ash from my cigarette is coming out the window and she's in a big old SUV idling her vehicle with all those emissions coming out of her car. And she, it doesn't register in her brain. She wants to get into a fight with me because ashes are coming out of my car for my cigarette. But that is literally the mentality of your perpetrator. I don't give a shit if you've got a PH fucking D and you're a part of this perpetrator community. I don't care if you're a law enforcement officer, an EMT, or even fire. At the end of the day, your mentality, your emotional maturity levels are just like that woman. You can't see the trees for the for- or the forest for the trees. So gang model of criminal behavior. Gang member feels de-individualized and willing to commit violent acts consistent with the gang's behavior and feels less personal responsibility. This separation from one's self results in less accountability and reduced self-awareness and therefore manifests in instances of defiant behavior. So like I said, you can't blame, the, I mean, even though your you're handlers, because they're called handlers or psi operators, manipulated you, at the end of the day, you have to blame yourself. That's why I always tell these fucking perps to pick up a mirror and take a look at who's reflected back at them. It's not the target. It's their own reflections. I'm like a broken record, and this stuff just keeps coming out. And I keep being validated. And that's why this shit's going to court, and these motherfuckers are going to prison. Because I'm already published.
a causation model of juvenile delinquency. A child is vulnerable to detrimental influences from familial, social, economic, educational experiences, or ideological factors often resulting in criminal defiant behavior. Once exposed to dysfunctional norms, the child begins to exhibit behavior that is contrary to social expectations. Risk analysis of terrorist attack. An individual is thought to become at risk when three elements are present, threat to core values or beliefs, vulnerability, and consequences of one's actions. These three elements are not independent of each other, but rather all must be present to result in in an at-risk individual. The sum of these three elements equate to an individual's risk to act on their intentions, uh, subscribing to their motivations, intent, capability, opportunity, and psychological gain. So then it goes on. So it says, Catalyst to Drive Violent Extremism, a body of research conducted by mental health practitioners, academia, and social service providers documented three risk categories. Now, how the fuck are these people going to know about extremism? How the fuck are they going to know? And suddenly, they're goddamn fucking experts in these fields, from sociology to anthropology to psychology. I'll tell you why. Because all these motherfuckers sat back and watched as these communities were radicalized and they tortured and tortured some targets to fucking death and they knew that targets were fucking innocent. Now they're writing all their books and all their medical journals and the FBI is taking their expert testimony on fucking extremism. What, were these motherfuckers in the Middle East dealing with that kind of extremism? Hell fucking no. They were right here on American soil, city after city, state after state, where targets were residing, and they were stunning. All of it. And they let us fucking die. So the effect youth and their proper cognitive and physical development, adolescent risk factors, According to Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, adolescence is marked by the transition from childhood to young adult and viewed as one of the most dynamic stages of human development. The characteristics of adolescence include physical, emotional, and intellectual changes, as well as changes in social roles, relationships, and expectations. Adolescence is characterized by defining and developing relationships with parents, family, and peers, and consistent of not one developmental stage, but three interrelated periods. And so I used to say this, okay? When I was first targeted in 2006, when they, went, they blitzed me and went live, they were pretty much 20-something college age. As, the, as a couple years passed, they started moving down to the high school level, and pretty soon I started seeing middle school level kids that were being recruited and radicalized. And this, and, I, and it's all documented, and this is telling me that there's developmental period, early adolescence, 10 to 14. So that's around middle school, you know? You're getting towards the middle school. The middle adolescence is 15 to 17. So that's more your high school level. And then late adolescence is 18 to 24. That's the college level. But when they were first doing it, they were first recruiting college-age kids. Then they started moving down to the high school level, and pretty soon, it, got all, it started going down to the middle school. I go, pretty soon, they're going to go all the way down to the elementary level. And sure enough, it showed up in this report. 
They want to see how they can radicalize people. And they're experimenting on American fucking soil. And it's not just the targets. But the bigger experiment, which I've said before, that targets are used as the conduit to bring the groups together. And that's where the real experiments are taking place. Because I know as a target from head to toe, I'm a done deal. DNA, RNA, whatever the fuck they're doing, implants, whatever, it's a done fucking deal. But the bigger picture is how do you, how do you manipulate masses of people? How do you mass subjugate people? How do you manipulate them? How do you prey upon them? You get a target that they knew people would fucking hate. And that would bring these people to the surface that they never believed would commit some of the most heinous acts against their set-up human guinea pig, their target. Set up, lock, stock, and smoke and barrel. And they watched knowing that the targets were innocent. And they watched what these communities did and have done to these targets. Me and other people who come forward. All the way to the point that we have targets who are fucking dead who are begging law enforcement for their lives, and they're no longer here. And instead of pulling that particular target out of the protocol so that they wouldn't die, they allowed those target, these, these communities to kill that fucking target just so they could get their computational data, so they could prove that city after city, state after state, nation after fucking nation that when they deployed these type of operations to radicalize people into extremism based on their propaganda, they could get anyone to do anything to that innocent human being. And they're all writing it now. All these experts. They weren't out in the Middle East looking at extremism. They haven't been embedded with some of these, you know, groups like the, you know, these these, these, these more extremist fringe groups? No, they haven't done that. How the fuck are they going to study it and know for sure? Because they were doing their experiments in city after city, state after state, where there was a target and there was a community that was being manipulated and they watched from a distance as they fucking tortured and terrorized and intimidated and robbed and vandalized that innocent human being. So when they say, how do you know that your, your, your data is correct? They can't admit that they got it, but ultimately they can tell them, we know our computational data is absolutely correct. So it goes on to a, a study, a student may use a relevant group as a standard of reference against which oneself is compared, creating aspirational or associative dynamics. Youth embracing domestic extremist movements across any extremist ideology are sometimes raised in an environment where racial, religious, or cultural biases is viewed as acceptable. This results in behaviors influenced by family involvement, youth growing up in these environments are exposed to extremism at a very young age. So. You can talk to targets who talk about their parents and then they're dragging their children sometimes to try to target you 
And I remember a couple times where there was these little boys, you know, a little boy or a little girl, and their parents were, like, pushing them to try to target. And the little kid's going, no, I don't want to do it. You know, that's the radical, radicalized parent who's radicalizing their child into this intolerance. I've seen it time and time again. Targets will tell you. Their parents are pushing their children. They drop them fucking off at some of these recruited areas where they're training them. Well, it's in the book here. Mm, yeah, that's, you know, pretty much. They get those ideals from, it's like generational, you know, generational racism. A student's personal crisis or underachievements may trigger impulsive or violent acts. So then they go into environmental risk, according to the World Health Organization and other, and other social service providers, adolescents' exposure to environmental risk factors affect health and well-being, coping skills to withstand life stressors, physical and cognitive development, and their ability to make prudent decisions. Uh, students act on feelings of isolation, alienation, disenfranchisement, sense of belonging, adventure, glory, and thrill-seeking. Okay, so a lot of this stuff you will be able to find in, there was a, a it's called the, the seven-stage psychopathology of hate groups, okay? So let me give you the, the, um, the website to that one. It's called the seven-stage, I'm sorry, it's the seven-stage hate model. And it's the psychopathology of hate. And this was done, um, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation knows about this because it was published a long time ago. Let me see. This is by Schaefer and someone, 2003. This was one of the first things that I, that I started publishing. And it's, um, it's called, uh, uh, this is the hate model, seven stages, the hate model, the psychopathology of hate groups, okay? The definition of hate groups. You know, they use skinheads and shit like that, but uh, the group that targets are dealing with is a multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-social, economic, religious, etc. They think they're this new age, new wave group of, you know, these forward thinkers, and they don't realize that. You ain't no forward fucking thinkers. You ask backwards, man. Way fucking backwards. Just because you know technology, because they gave you access to it, and you could pass a few tests, doesn't mean you're smart. It just means you could pass some tests. If you don't have critical thinking skills, it doesn't matter how many tests you pass. You're still ignorant. So it goes right here. So stage one, the haters gather, right? Stage two, the hate group defines itself. Stage three, the hate group disparages the target. Stage four, the hate group taunts the target. So they provoke you, you know? They disparage you. you they provoke you. They make those directed conversations when you're in public settings, you know, all that shit that they do. That's a part of a hate group, okay? Um, the hate group taunts the target. The hate group attacks the target without weapons, okay? That's stage five. Stage six, the hate group attacks the target with weapons. And then seven, the hate group destroys the target. So, you know, all the stuff that the FBI is doing, they actually had it posted in 2003. It was called the seven-stage hate model. So you might want to the the perpetrator community should really look this up and again pick up a fucking mirror and look at your own goddamn reflections because you only see yourself because that's what you guys are is a pure and concentrated hate group. You hate targets. 
who didn't do anything to you. You hate them because someone radicalized you into an extremist belief that you had the right to do this to someone who did nothing to you. <clears throat> so this is the Schaefer and someone's hate model. So let me get back to the, this new Federal Bureau of Investigation. So a lot of it has to do, too, with accountability. You know, even Hitler knew this. When, groups, when people get into a group setting, they, they, it's like they swallowed an intoxicant, is how Hitler put it, right? And then what happens is they, that they, um, they, they shift their responsibility. So when they do something, they say, you know, kind of like the Milgram experiment, right? The, the guy in the white coat tells them to keep shocking the person, okay? And then they turn around in the end, knowing that they really shouldn't have done it because the person's screaming for their lives, and then the, the person in the white coat says, well, it's okay. So they turn around and blame the person in the white coat. But who is it? Alexander Sozanista? That's um, um, Philip Zimbardo, the Stanford prison experiment from Stanford, right? And they just did a remake of that one. And they also did a remake of the Milgram experiments. Um, if you want, there's two, new, two feature films that had to come out in the 21st century about the Milgram experiment, about Stanley Milgram and the Stanford prison experiment. And so I guess the Sozanista said that the, the, diff, the, the good and evil, right? And we're not talking about devil and God. He's talking about good and evil is not something external to the person. It resides in the individual. To do something wrong or bad is not what someone else told you was okay to do. It was what resides in you. So all these people out there in the perpetrator community who think they're the pillars of mental health really actually have some type of borderline or full-blown psychopathology and makes them capable of torturing someone and laughing about it or torturing someone or terrorizing them or stalking them and not even feeling a single ounce of remorse towards that individual. The pathology is not in the target. The pathology is within the groups that are targeting the individual. But again, like the woman who was in the SUV yelling at me and cursing me out in front of my own home about the ashes coming out of my cigarette driving a big old-ass SUV, she doesn't see that her SUV is emitting more toxins in the environment than my cigarette ash that came out the window. They don't get it. It doesn't register. And those are the type of people they've been recruiting. They want to make sure it doesn't register that they don't see. That they're yelling and cursing me out for cigarette ashes and they're driving a big old ass SUV idling while the exhaust fumes are coming out of the vehicle, polluting far more than what my cigarette ash did. <clears throat> and unaccountability. So it says the findings suggest prevention activities should be directed at three factors contributing to potential involvement in violent extremism. Unaccountable time and unobserved space, perceived social legitimacy of violent extremism, 
and potentials for contact with violent extremists. So then it goes on, so using social media, uh, physical contact with extremist organization has diminished over time. So they're saying the internet now affords violent extremists a vertical, veritable playground for spotting and assessing individuals who are receptive to a specific grievance or ideology and for sharing radical thoughts and beliefs. A growing body of research suggests the internet acts as a catalyst to sustain radicalized beliefs more so than acting as a primary catalyst towards radicalization. Regardless of the mechanism, once a violent extremist makes contact with youth, they begin assessing his or her responsiveness for supporting a violent extremist belief of acting on behalf of its underlying grievance. So stalking someone, breaking and entering, torturing with the weapon, vandalizing their private property, you know, destroying their electronics, destroying their 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 uh, pieces of equipment or whatever in their homes. That's crossing the line. That's an act of violence. Because they believe that they're right. But when you start using acts of violence against that individual because you have a grievance against that person, then it's not the target who's the extremist. It's the group who believes they have a right to destroy that individual and are given tactics and techniques and weaponized pieces of technology to accomplish it. But again... As Sosanista says, it is not external to the individuals that are involved and they can blame somebody else for radicalizing them. It is about who they are as individuals and really what they are. They may hate the target because they claim the target's a monster of whatever, but we're not using violence. You are as the perpetrators. That's on you. You can't blame your handlers who radicalized you. You got to look in the mirror. And you got to take your own inventory. So it goes on uh, pre operational planning communications or target selection facilitated via social media, um, internet based propaganda. So the internet provides access to endless streams of violent propaganda inspiring others' actions, glorifying extremist lifestyles, or perpetrating the spread of hatred and intolerance. The difference between protected speech and illegal incitement can be a very fine line. Espousing anti-U.S. sentiment or extremist rhetoric is not a crime and is protected First Amendment activity. The issue is not if the individual's voice his or her support, but rather has advocated imminent violence in support of an extremist organization and that violence is likely to occur as a result. And as individuals consume violent propaganda, it might resonate with them or reinforce their perceived grievances. So I say terrorists need to be killed because I have no tolerance for terrorism. I don't care if you're an American domestic terrorist or a fucking ISIS terrorist. If you're a fucking terrorist, and especially if you're a domestic terrorist, 
and you're violating the constitutionally protected rights and liberties of an individual or committing indiscriminate acts of violence, and then you are recruiting other fucking people to believe that it's okay to do that to other Americans, citizens and or non-citizens alike, then you are a terrorist. And I think you should be executed. That's not advocating violence. That's what the Americans are saying. You can hunt down and kill terrorists. Well, then they better look in their own fucking backyard. And don't be looking at the Muslims, Arabs, and South Asians. You better look at these lily white motherfuckers that I've been dealing with and these other ethnically um, diverse community and college educated. And you better start looking at what real terrorism is. So the FBI defines violent extremism as encouraging, condoning, justifying, or supporting the commission of a violent act to achieve political, ideological, religious, and now they're putting these two in here, social or economic goal. So social movement, right? Cultural hegemony. Trying to design it by saying targeting is, instead of the exception, is the rule of what you're supposed to do in society, and that is absolutely unfucking true. And this this guidebook is telling you that that is untrue. You can't plow your way to terrorizing and violently opposing someone that you don't want in your neighborhood. That's an act of terrorism. So, so again, the FBI. So it says um, the FBI defines violent extremism as encouraging, condoning, justifying, or supporting the commission of a violent act to achieve political, ideological, religious, and social or economic goals. The FBI uses an intelligence-driven process in its daily investigative and analytic activities to conduct baseline collection and assessment, empirical. Data is extracted from investigations to assist in the identification of concerning behavior. Concerning behavior's design is behavior that comes to the attention of third parties or bystanders that suggest a possible future intentions resulting from a statement or action that causes concern. So, you know, we have people that falsely accuse targets all the time. But see, the one thing that the state does know that's involved with this is that we're the victims, so we're going to scream out. You're not going to keep silent when people are doing this shit to you because you are the victim of violent, radicalized extremism. And people who are committing indiscriminate acts of violence upon and against you, your physical person, your property, your living life. Um... The FBI does not advocate the application of any psychological or demographic profiles of checklists of indicators to identify students on a pathway to radicalization. Rather, the FBI endorses taking a holistic approach in considering the totality of concerning behavior in the appropriate context, assessing the likelihood an individual is progressing on a trajectory of radicalization and or future violent action in furtherance of an extremist cause. So... How do they know this information? 
because they, they recruited these kids, these young kids. They've got it in every ethnic background, every economic background across this nation. Shit, how many times have I moved? Ten or twelve times, different locations. We've got targets that have moved from state to state. How do they know that their empirical data is correct? Because they've been experimenting on American soil. They can radicalize a Latino, an Asian, an African American, a rich Latino, a rich African American, a rich Asian to a poor one, to a multicultural community, to a homogenous community, to rural towns, to big fucking cities. They could drop ship anywhere, and they've got a guidebook. I call it an operational Bible. It's all I'm already documented. <clears throat> Violent extremists do not share a typical profile. So they're saying that you could be anyone, which we all know now because they've been conducting the, the social experiment on American soil. So from being in Marina to Monterey to Carmel to, you know, Koreatown to whatever, look at all the different types of people. And they managed to manipulate every single one of these communities including law enforcement, fire, EMT, because those motherfuckers actively participate. So radicalization is defined as a process by which individuals come to believe that engagement in or facilitation of non-state violence to achieve social and political change is necessary and justified. Radicalization enables factors can be personal, community, group, socio-political, or ideological. Research conducted on youth-related radicalization indicates a vulnerability concerning a distinct identity, meaning, adventure, and belonging in their lives. However, factors driving or inhibiting radicalization change over time and vary individually. Normal, um, and then mobilization. Mobilization is defined as the process when a radicalized individual prepares for violence or engages in violence to reinforce their beliefs. Generally, mobilization to violence is premeditated and consists of acts directed against targets symbolic to their particular cause. FBI and other experts studying these issues observed similarities in the pre-attack behavior of lone offenders and those perpetrators from other forms of targeted violence, including terrorists. So perps. We call you guys perps, right? Fuck perps. Student acceptance of lethal violence to advance an ideological, political, social, or religious cause. Mobilizing. Okay, so each one of those is different, right? Ideological means you know, whatever. We want a utopia and targets don't fit in, okay? For liberal people or whatever, you know, we're on a spiritual quest, okay? So targets aren't like that, so they don't belong. Uh, Political could be, well, you know, that target is a freaking bleeding heart liberal and I'm a conservative. So they know that they could easily recruit conservatives against the liberal. And then the other side is, oh, she's a liberal, but, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
but she doesn't you know, like say it's LGBT. Oh, she's gay or he's gay, and they don't know it. So you might be able to get the LGBT community to say, "Oh, we're going to help you learn your identity." You know, they use these different narratives in order to manipulate them so that they'll help actively participate. So they can use whatever narrative depending on what target audience they're trying to manipulate. So then it says, um, so they, the FBI and other experts studying these issues observe similarities in pre-attack behavior and lone offenders and those perpetrators from other forms of targeted violence, including terrorists. The student's acceptance of lethal violence to advance an ideological political, okay? So social could be because, you, you know, you're a multicultural group. Oh, we're the new age, new ways, man, and we've got all this access to technology, and we're so fucking smart. We can do anything we want because we've been given the tactics, techniques, and weaponized technologies, and we're not racist because we're multicultural. So we're a social movement. And it's okay to use violence to take out those targets because they're not a part of that social movement. That's the social one. And religious, oh, Lord have mercy. If we don't have a lot of religious people involved with targeting, lock, stock, and smoking frickin' barrel. That's the best one. Because they's already halfway indoctrinated all it takes is a pastor to tell them it's okay to do it, and they jump on board. Even Hitler had a respect for the Catholic churches, not because of religion, but because of the way in which the church could manipulate its followers. So they're already on the edge. All you need to do is get a hold of that pastor or that priest or that deacon, and they have a trusted member base, and you manipulate them, and they're going to filter that down to the member base. And because they're trusted, they'll believe that what they're saying is true. So targeted violence is the end result after a process of thinking and behavior. Perpetrators do not just snap. And Successful attacks typically typically require planning and uh, preparation related to key activities, timing, tactics, target, and capability. No fucking shit. Perpetrators. Even the FBI calls you guys perpetrators. Attacks from directed at specific targets to targets of opportunity. So first it's you, the target, and then pretty soon they realize that they could get away with it. Then that guy is saying, hey, let's go target that person, and let's go target that person. Now look at all the innocents that's being targeted because the group has not – and this is where the problem is, especially with the state, corporate, and academia-sponsored, sanctioned, and covered-up domestic terrorist cult. They have not suffered the consequences of what they've done to targeted individuals. And that is the most important key. You see, when you don't suffer consequences, you think that what you do is okay. But when there's a consequence to what you've done, then the organization 
will think twice about what they're doing to the targets. And that's where people like me and other targets are staying alive so we could make sure that those involved suffer the consequences of their acts and actions against targeted individuals. So anyway, it goes on um, about leakage and all this other stuff. Abuse, injury, and death. The actions of violent extremists result in multiple outcomes such as abuse, injury, death, or incarceration. Um, Victims. Uh, A student can perpetrate an act of targeted violence but can also become a victim. Victims who are targeted include members of particular religious faith or racial blah, 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 blah. Intervention and then goals of what they want to do. Disengagement, containment. Um, But this is what's really hypocritical about this. material. Okay, so then it goes uh, disruption. If a student continues on a trajectory of violence, the one remaining option is a law enforcement disruption. Violent extremists commit a wide array of criminal violations that occur when those with extremist views act with the intent to encourage, endorse, condone, justify, or support violence. Historically, the FBI has investigated a variety of violent extremist actions, radically, racially motivated violence, religiously motivated violence, and socially motivated violence. So I would put the perpetrator community in a socially motivated violent group because they come from all walks. So it's interesting that they, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is starting to use this whole concept of socially motivated violence because they already know about the perpetrator community. But when I asked them for help, you could hear it on the recording. They done hung up on my ass three fucking times. When I went down to the LAPD to talk about some information, they didn't have no detectives to speak to me. I've been into every single law enforcement agency of every single city that I've lived in, including when I was living in Italy, from Rome to Florence to Gaeta. I walked into every fucking precinct. I walked into the American consulate and the American embassy in Rome, because I'm going to tell you something, motherfuckers. I made sure that I documented the crimes every fucking place I've been. But what that shows including these FBI's, is that in every one of those locations, the crimes kept happening, the civilians were recruited, and they helped to facilitate the targeting. That's radicalized extremism. That's a whole fucking network. And when I crossed over the borders and I traveled around Europe, they had people set up in, these, in Europe because other countries are doing it as well. So it's not just a social, a nationwide social experiment. It's a fucking global social experiment, mainly with allied nations. And they're conducting the same type of operations on their fucking soil. That's why when they say that the empirical data is almost absolute, it's because they have the data from all these communities where targets have resided. They watched how these people were radicalized. They watched how they committed indiscriminate acts of violence, that they continue to commit indiscriminate acts of violence. 
And like I said, it doesn't register in the perpetrator's brains because they're gone. They're gone. That's why you never try to convince a perpetrator. What you want to do is those that are sitting on the fence that might hear these things, no, don't get involved. Because then you're going to be a lost cause like the rest of the recruited perps. They're lost causes to me. When a woman can sit there and tell me about the ash coming out of my cigarette and she's driving the SUV cursing my ass out trying to get into a physical fight with me while I'm sitting in my car talking on the phone with another target cursing my ass out about the ash coming out of my cigarette about polluting and she's in an SUV idling her emissions from her big old SUV onto the environment. She is the perfect example of the perpetrator mindset in a freaking nutshell. So anyway, it goes, um, uh, these type of violent actions result in disruptions such as criminal arrests and convictions under federal and state charges to include. So you hear, hear me saying this all the time, material support for terrorism conspiracy to kill, injure, or maim. So when they keep blasting this acoustic weapon into my living space, there's a group of them who say, we're going to do this to that target within the privacy of her living space. And with the intent, they're conspiring to kill, injure, or maim. Okay? Using a weapon of mass destruction, providing financial support, providing false statements. How many targets have been falsely accused? state weapons offenses. So now they're saying, if you are involved with these type of organizations that conspire to target individuals, you can be charged under these things. But guess what? I've already said all of them. Material support for terrorism, conspiracy to kill, injure, or maim, using a weapon of mass destruction, providing financial support, providing false statement, and state weapons offenses. The FBI, state, local, or tribunal law enforcement partners cannot arrest their way out of the current threat environment. However, the FBI is committed to providing options for youth to help them disengage from violent extremism or a trajectory to violence. So what disengage means is that you guys need to be, uh, you know, these, some of these young perps need to be deprogrammed. It's like I was talking about that. Do you guys remember in the 70s, 60s, late 60s and 70s, and they used to have all these movies of the week where their parents would kidnap their children from a religious cult, and then they had these, these deprogrammers come in, and they try to deprogram their, their minds from all that, that you know free love and all that other weird cult shit? Well, that's what I've been saying. These people need to be deprogrammed or they need to be chipped in their fucking brain so you could drive that goddamn extremism right out of their fucking heads. So this whole concept of disengaging is, is to get you out of it, but it's like those people who used to have to kidnap their children out of these Charles Manson and Jim Jones type of cults. 
and then they have to use those professional guys who would sit there and lock them in frickin' rooms and try to de-frickin' program them. Now, mind you, programming with targets is done through coercive means and shift means to force the brain. That's mind control because you're using some type of external or mechanical means to control the cognitive motor central nervous system and their behavioral functions by utilizing sound and manipulating brain functions. That would be considered controlling the mind through external means. That's mind control. What's happening to the perpetrator community is brainwashing. They don't have the same type of things that are being done to the target, trauma-based control, trauma-based behavioral modification. These guys are brainwashed into a false belief system. But sometimes you become so indoctrinated that even when the truth is shown to you, they still continue with what they're doing because it doesn't register. Just like the woman who tried to pick a fight with me today in front of my own house telling me about polluting and she's driving a big SUV. So the ashes from my cigarette somehow are causing her to have a conniption that wants to get into a fist fight with me and I'm just sitting in my car driving, talking to another target, and I pull up in front of my house, and this woman stops because she's behind me, opens her window, and starts cursing me out about pollution in a big SUV or a big truck. Isn't that like a contradiction in terms? Like an oxymoron? But it didn't register with the woman, you see? She wanted to slash, uh, 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 strike out at me, the target, because she's a perp. So the ashes coming from my cigarette out the window is far more egregious than her big car sucking up all that gas and emitting all those toxic fumes in the emissions of her vehicle. It just doesn't register. Those are the type of people that are so far gone that even when the truth hits them in the face, they still won't believe it. Because those are the cowards who then would have to look in the mirror at all the atrocities they committed against an innocent human being. That's why they'll continue to blame targets because they don't have the courage to face the monsters that they truly are. So anyway, this came out... From the Federal Bureau of Investigation in January, and I'll post the link. It's called it's publicintelligence.net, but it's a 28-page document that was published uh, in conjunction with the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, Office of Partner Engagement. And then what's really ironic is that towards the end of this, they have all these groups that they're recruiting into the fold, or you know who they're. Who, they have this little um, chart, you know, like a. Excuse me. Uh, of uh, uh, what is it called, targeted, targeted violence, right? And so with the targeted violence, they start talking about, uh, it's like, you know, one of those flow charts. And then it tells you, you know, community leaders, religious leaders, 
political people, you know, um, bystanders, behavioral indicators, and all this other stuff. And so your perps, your perps think that they're these, like, you know, pillars of society and they're pillars of mental health, and most of them still don't get the fact that they were recruited because they fit a profile of people who would actively engage in indiscriminate violence against another person. They are borderline or full-blown. They have borderline or full-blown psychopathologies. The target's not the one, although I I will admit to full-on trauma. I do have reactionaries to trauma because I've been so traumatized that I do react faster. But your perpetrator community always, they go around patting each other on the back thinking, oh, we're chosen. Yeah, you were chosen because you fit a profile that they knew would be easily, easy to manipulate and that they could radicalize you into committing indiscriminate acts of violence. You are not the best and the brightest perpetrators. You are the weakest link. And with this FBI thing coming out, about radical extremism and and trying to stop these kids because now it's out of control, which we all know. If you're a target, you should know by now it's out of control. And now they need to rein it all in. So all these people are patting themselves on the back, all these community members, all these law enforcement, fire, EMT, all these other guys that help participate don't even realize that they're talking shit about your ass right here in this document, Preventing Radical Extremism. What goes around comes around. And karma is a motherfucker. And I'm a patient woman. And being patient (laughs) means that I hope I can be here, but I probably won't to see these motherfuckers fry for what they've done. You want to talk about the greatest forms of treason? When you can sit back and now write your, 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 you can publish these public intelligence and FBI documents about extremism, and you use innocent people as your human scapegoats so you, so you can watch communities terrorize and target innocent fucking people and those targets who are begging for their lives and they're dead now. And at any given time, these people doing this at the architectural level could have pulled that innocent person out and saved their life and they let these perpetrators kill them. That's murder in the first degree. And thank fucking goodness there is no statute of limitation on murder. <clears throat> because eventually these people will be brought to justice and held to account for what they've done. Because people like me are never going to give up. Ever. And FBI, you need to stop stealing shit from the targets who've documented because your 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 this fucking report comes right out of the pages of things that I've documented and other targets on the analysis as being victims of this fucking state corporate and academia-sponsored, sanctioned 
and covered up domestic terrorist organization, cyber terrorist organization, and biological technological terrorist organization. <clears throat> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.